Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friends. It is Angie Austin and friends here on The Good News. And uh, uh, the good news is, as Christians, that, you know, the Lord has given us these bodies, and they're a blessing, so we need to be taking care of them as best we can so we can continue to serve God the rest of our lives. Uh, Dr. Joe Arve is joining us. We're kind of going to do, a, like, a Q&A today and talk about some of the things, uh, you know, questions we have about health and longevity. And uh, I, I wanted to start um, with a story, uh, Dr. Joe, that when I read it, this morning i always share with you uh the i don't know older people that like the you know almost 100 year old yoga teacher i'll send that to you but this one made me giggle because this is not dr joe's plan to live to 105 Uh, this guy is 105 years old and he credits his uh, longevity to uh, one one shot of whiskey in his coffee and two shots of whiskey in the evening and he's 105 years old 105 trying to get his name here jack isn't that crazy jack yeah i don't know that's not my i i I think he's a uh, he's a fluke well, no, the thing is, everybody knows if you really want to live, it's tequila, not whiskey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We like you, Dr. Joe. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's not a, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you look at the, again, if you want to look at it from a purely food basis, there's less harmful ingredients in a bottle of whiskey than there is a bottle of Red Bull or Monster Drink. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there's alcoholic issues, and yes, I've come from a family of alcoholics, so I'm not saying that. But how, how can a man who how can a man who drinks three shots of whiskey a day, you know, live to 105? How can Hugh Hefner live to 91? Uh, but yet Mrs. Jones in our church gets breast cancer with five kids and dies at 38. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't work right unless you understand how this body's made. And the better the brain talks to the body, the better the the life is. Period. That the brain controls the hormones. The brain can, controls the immune system. The brain controls your ability to think. Your, ability, your brain controls your, your attitude. And so we're all looking for the magic pill or the magic lotion or magic whatever. And it's not, has, the magic's in the brain. And the better it talks to the body, the better and longer the life is. Sometimes no matter how you live, whether you smoke every day, drink every day, you know, and don't go to church versus, well, I eat organic, I eat kale, I juice. Uh, you know, I run marathons, and yet I had a heart attack at 55 and died. If you understand how the neurology and the brain works to the body and strengthen that, then you'll start getting you'll start getting the responses of health and healing that you're looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack Reynolds, that's his name. All right, the good news gals are here. We all have a few questions and you know health uh, issues we want to talk about. Uh, and I know this year you're focusing on pain as well, Doctor Joe, because I think a lot of people are in pain. My husband had some back pain that he was talking about it the other day, and he has it under control. But when he did have it, it was you know down radiating down his legs and debilitating for him. And you know, let's be honest, it makes you kind of cranky. And we uh, we interviewed a woman uh, last week that was in chronic pain for 14 years, mm. uh, and uh, she she believes that you know the Lord has healed her. Thank you, Jesus, because she was in so much pain. Uh, Donna is here, and Jennifer and Monique. So I see you guys writing down notes. Did anyone want to start with Dr. Joe? I want to start with Dr. Joe. So my <laughs> I've I'm always got questions. <laughs> 
my husband uh, road races. He played football. He's got various injuries to his body. He's uh, ran a big framing house framing company wow, where he's, he's very physical. He is very very physical. Where he's moved lumber and you know worked with all sorts of construction uh, duties and what have you. So he he lives in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just wondering, like uh, aside from he's trying to eat healthy and work out and prepare for the race season and stuff, but there's still this these physical injuries to his body that still debilitate him daily. I mean, mm -hmm. he feels pain. So any advice to somebody who's living in that chronic pain, trying to work out, trying to eat right, what else? Because I love that you you teach um, the emotional, get rid of, get rid of stress, uh, have God in your life. There, It's a compound um, right. thing that you've yeah, got you to do. Yeah, you don't do one just, thing. Yeah, it's you just do, not one it's like thing. like five things. Well, it's, there's... <laughs> There's no magic bullet, except I would recommend that he starts for a stress relief, rubbing his wife's feet at least for uh -oh. 10 minutes. Wait, wait, day. say that again. I'm, I'm writing, writing that on recording. Yeah. He would start rubbing his wife's feet for at least 10 minutes a day when he comes home, and that will relax the muscles. Now, again, the reason why I am a chiropractor, the reason why I, I get the success, the reason why I work with Olympic athletes, and, and I've served some of the Denver Bronco alumni and athletes around the country, is because, it, it, like I said earlier, it starts with the brain. And so if his brain's not talking to parts of his body like it's supposed to, then the oil light comes on. That's the pain. That's inflammation. And as longer it's there, the longer it's chronic. And so, you know, if, if I hit my thumb with a hammer, that thumb should be healed in a week or two, bruising. But it shouldn't keep bothering me five years later. Even though he's had, like, he has had concussions and exactly. brain injuries. Right. Yeah. So the thing is that if, if something in my body is not going away like it's supposed to, like I cut my hand, my hand should heal, then there's something blocking that healing process, and that's the brain-body connection, that that brain has to talk through the spinal cord and through the nerve systems and through those pathways. And if the pathway being shut down to the shoulder, then he's going to have chronic shoulder pain. If the pathway is being shut down to his legs and lower back, then his hips, his legs his, are going to have issues. But what's even worse is that the same neck pain that people have for years turns into the heart disease, the heart attack, the thyroid issues. The same low back pain people have for years turns into prostate issues or hormone issues because all those nerves, all those nerve pathways, they're attached to the emotions, they're attached to organs, they're attached to muscles. So like you said, it's not one it's not a one easy fix that we're a body, we're a mind, we're a spirit. If we're worried about money, then that can show up in the lower back pain. If we have headaches because of stress, that can show up you know, in the head and everywhere else. So the thing is, is that the body can do whatever it wants, when it wants, and we need to start looking at our life holistically. It's like, okay, do I need to change my posture at work? Do I need to change the way I'm sitting? Do I need to change the way I'm, way I'm, way I sleep? Do I need to do more stretching? Especially if you get older, stretching, mobility, you know, basic stretching classes come even more important. And then what kind of workout are we doing? If we're getting, if our job takes a hundred pounds worth of work, but yet we're not putting in the exercise to keep up with that job, then it just, there's a whole aspect of life. Like if, if it's your job, you have to look at like you're an Olympic athlete and you got to go after it that. So just so that your job's not at the expense of you, but any kind of pain that's not, that's not going away. I tell patients, they come in, listen, let's look at your nerve system first let's make sure your brain's talking to your body and I always find something there first 
then as we get that corrected, we get the sugar, we get them drinking more water, basic stuff. Drink more water, less soda pop, start eating more vegetables, start sleeping less seven, at least seven to eight hours a night. Let's start there. And that, that takes care of 80, 90% of the issues right there. What if you have sleep issues? I mean, well, the, he, he doesn't sleep well either. So Well, that's just another that can throw off your hormones, that can make you gain weight, that can make uh. you moody. I mean, I mean, you would ju just just Google, look on Pinterest, the b benefits of getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Well, who has time for that? I'm too busy. Well, then there's your sign. Your body's crying out to you saying, I hurt, I don't feel good, you keep pushing me, you're too busy to fix me, not just saying your husband, but and, and yet we want it to go ahead and, and be at its best on three hours of sleep, two pots of coffee, and 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 7-Eleven and, uh, diet. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Can you come to the track, to the racetrack, and can we hurry out? <laughs> can I do, can we do what? Come to the racetrack, so when we can give him a little motivational speech, when he crashes, you can adjust him, right? He's can... still crashing and getting more injuries. Oh, yes. So he, so, oh. He race, so he races cars? No, he yeah, races motorbikes. motorcycles. Motorcycles. Oh, oh. So there might be a little pinching <laughs> so, somewhere on that spine. That yeah. Oh, travel. definitely. So that's Dave. No, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yes. Love mm -hmm. that. But let's get an x-ray of that spine and see if that neck looks like first. And But yeah, so it's just he's an athlete. And, right. we, and we sometimes we we take it for granted when we're younger that we can just get on the bike or get on the gym and do what we want to do, and the body's like, oh, we're fine. Well, unfortunately, when you're 30, 40, 50 years old, it's like it's different. Yet you, you, you can still do it. You just got to look at the game a little bit differently. Good advice. So, how do you address those like um, you mentioned? that your husband played football my husband mm -hmm. played football as well so with the repeated um head trauma right with the re repeated concussions and the brain is not talking to the body how do you address that well listen we do we see a lot of kids with concussion i mean especially soccer girls the leading cause of injury with wow. women is, is concussion especially in female soccer and the problem is, is with the head trauma it's not the head now, I know this, is, this goes against everything you see on TV. The problem is that where the brainstem leaves the skull is right there, we call your first cervical vertebrae, your C1, your C2. If you watch anything about Jim McMahon, the football player, he was the poster boy for CTEs. He was losing his, his, his wife, felt like I was losing my husband, on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. And then what did he do? He went to a specific specific. A chiropractor who knew exactly right where to adjust and he said after the first adjustment he said it felt like my brain just got flushed and all that cerebral spinal fluid and everything just started flowing back like it's supposed to and so when I spoke to the Alumni Association in Las Vegas the NFL Alumni Association I took a balloon if you can and I took where you tie it and I stretched it and I said the brains the balloon I said but the brainstem is where you tie it and when the spine goes forward and you have forward head posture it pulls on that brainstem and that connection gets locked up not in the head but below the head just below it in the neck and yet we find reason why the NFL Alumni Association got interested in this is when some some of their players started getting adjusted and literally seeing their depression go away their mood changes the PTSD changes and in, in, in military folks and folks with that because now we get the cerebral spinal fluid we get the brain we get the communication we get the stress off the nerve system and this body the machine begins to reboot itself and we can communicate and again no one else gets that until you x-ray that nerve system you give a specific corrective adjustment you know how to rehab that curve of those spinal curves and literally the body begins to come back to life and like Jim McMahon said in his video it feels like somebody flushed my brain for the first time and for 20 years I could see I could think and I could I could I'd be, I felt like myself again mm-hmm and, and we see it over and over again in these athletes who do get adjusted on a regular basis mm-hmm specifically other questions a good news gals 
He answered my, the one that I had. So now I'm like, okay, what other questions well, do I have? And I think <laughs> I that, um, one thing that Dr. Joe uh, taught me, you know, a, a lot of times you'll go to lose weight, let's say, and they'll just tell you to cut your calories. I'll never forget. I was at this place once and they were like, oh, this is how many bugles you can eat. I'm like, I would not put a bugle Ew. in my body if you paid Yuck. me $100 and said eat this bugle. Ugh. Ew. Uh, but a lot of it just has to do with eating real food and get, getting rid of all those chemicals that we eat. Uh, you know, for instance, I'm drinking um, sparkling water with a stevia in it because I used to all you know drink like a lot of um, wa pop you know soda with artificial sweetener I don't have any artificial sweetener anymore at all and uh, and that's a huge change because I probably had that you know in my drinks for probably 20 years and generally what I drink is right here water that's pretty much all I drink at home right um, it's mm -hmm. rare that I drink anything else and I think that's kind of changing my kids as well like we don't keep pop in the house and when my mother-in-law comes it is like um, it is like a Walmart or Sam's Club truck backs <laughs> up to our house and unloads <laughs> cases of soda and all this food that I don't feed my kids because she somehow thinks that's like not like it's abusive almost you know, poor kids. Yeah. yeah, that poor kids yeah. that I don't give them all the junk food. And, you know, they still get some sweets, but I don't keep a lot of junk in the house. And uh, I just think that so many kids are being fueled improperly that they're not able, able to learn well because they're not eating a good breakfast. And then we send them to school and think that that on, you know, Cheerios, mm -hmm. uh, that they can, you know, or you know, Fruit Loops, that they can perform well. Right. You know, and we're just giving them like a sugary breakfast and sending them out the door. And I don't think a lot of kids are eating real food anymore. I was at a swim meet the other day. And my kids had snacks, and I don't let them eat any sugar or junk until, like, after the swim meet, if they want, like, a treat, they can have a treat, nachos or whatever it is. Uh, but um, w one of the girls was like, can we share her treat? And I looked at the bag. It was a bag of marshmallows. <gasps> wow. That's a Many treat. Many marshmallows, and she was eating them by the handful. Uh, and I was like, okay, that is not what we eat at swim meets. We don't eat, or, like, the kids used to eat the, the uh, Jello, you know, mm -hmm. and eat with their finger and eat the whole box of Jello during right. the swim meet. We don't, we don't really eat like that. That's not really our it's, it's interesting but, how your palate changes too, because Dr. Joe inspired me almost a year ago to get, you know, to start eating clean. I got off gluten. We can talk about gluten if you want to, but my you palate. You got off sugar almost. Yeah. Instant, didn't you? My palate completely changed. So now when I have something sweet, it's like, wow, that looks really pretty. That specialty cupcake, you know, with the cream cheese frosting and I take a bite and I can taste every chemical, chemical. and process. Mm -hmm. It's mm. different. Yeah. And I really want the fruit or the dried mango without sugar. And, you know, I want the good stuff. Your body craves that good stuff, but we train it to have the chemicals and the process. And then that's all we know. So that's been interesting for me that my whole palate has changed. But I don't know, Dr. Joe, do you want to talk and about Let me say too? one thing too, Dr. Joe. I took um, Riley, who's, you know, in a lot of sports right now he's in three and he had some games last night and he likes you know really gross burgers now I have I don't even know when I last had like a fast food hamburger it's not my thing uh, and so I said well I'm going to take you to a healthy place for hamburger like there has grass-fed beef and like a real hamburger you know and so I got the one wrapped in lettuce and he said this is my favorite burger of mm. all time oh yeah mm -hmm. see how much better it is than the ones that are so processed yeah. and he like really got it you know of course he wants to go back there which is like you know $12 burger <laughs> but Whatever, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, I'm all for feeding kids food. Real. But, but we tie this emotional thing on to, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to try to give somebody, to give up something they're addicted to. You know, with my kids, I'd always kind of say, fine, you eat those marshmallows, go ahead. But if it's swimming, I'm like, fine, you're going to swim slower. I don't care if you eat whatever you eat, you're going to go faster. You're not, or you're going to go slower. 
or you're going to get beat by somebody. If you want to eat that, go ahead, but you're going to get beat now because you ate the marshmallows. So, well, maybe I should. So I just laid on the line and say, listen, you have a banana or you have marshmallows. Which, guess which one your body's going to respond right. better to? Which one's going to help you get you to the championship versus this versus that? Or same with losing weight. And so the thing is, is that, first of all, why are we eating that marshmallow? Well, I deserve it. I it. We're so emotionally attached, and we make food our God, and yet we, because we can control it. I mean, coming off this hormones workshop about glute, we want to control. We want to control our bodies when it can have a baby, and we're going to control our hormones when we don't have a baby. And yet, yet when we stop doing we can't figure out what's going on, then we blame God for that. So whether it's our food, what we put in and we take out, whether it's, again, if it's all about maximizing performance, let's put the best food in the body. You know, and as far as all the healthy nutrition plans out there are gluten-free um, or sugar or you have natural sugars. You know, my wife and I went, to, we stole away for a night. We, we, we like cramming as much as we can in 24 hours. So we went to Breckenridge. We, she had sandwiches already made. You know, I had, we had our, our food. We had our food. You know, he we, always takes his vacations and gets his own food. Yeah. Well, we took our, well, let me just, we went there, we drove up, we, we got food, but then. That night we went we went um, uh, snowshoeing, and uh, that night we're walking around and we're like we're hungry. So we went to Luigi's there in Breckenridge. Uh, Lefty, if you're listening, you know who you are. And we had pizza of all things, right? I had three slices of pepperoni pizza. But guess what? That I do that maybe once a month. So my body can adapt. It can change. It can heal. You know, I, I worked out that day. I woke up the next day. I started drinking water because we're at eight thousand feet. We had a breakfast burrito with coffee and we drove home. That's if that's your once in a while plan, then that your body does just fine. But if every day you're you got the Mountain Dew and the and the Ho Hos and the Twinkies and Ugh. and you know if that's your everyday <laughs> plan, then your body's gonna react that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, did I sleep all? Did I sleep all day Sunday? Yeah, I slept. I mean, I was tired probably from the different environments Wait, and, and you've stuff. You've got but, four kids. You've been married how many years now? Uh, Twenty nine years now. Twenty nine years. Wow. Twenty nine years. And uh, and. At, through all of this, um, your your health, your energy, running your business for 25 years too. Like you're still, you get up at like four, four, four. Yeah, five, like oh, I'm having more fun now than I ever have. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, it's fun. And, but it's just eat food. And in, in all our workshops, we teach people how to make their own, whatever, whatever it is you want. You know, we're getting on the 24th. We're going to do that. Let food be your medicine workshop on February 24th. But it's like, tell me what you eat, and I will find you. I will tell you the healthiest version of that. And then you need to decide emotionally if you're going to break up with the old way and embrace the new way. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a matter. Actually, you'll eat more food when you do it the way we teach because you have to eat food because that's your fuel. for That's how, what your brain uses, your body uses to balance your hormones, to lose, sorry, to lose weight and things like that. But let food, food be your medicine isn't necessarily the way that the medical world wants to treat things. I interviewed a doctor who wrote uh, a book about food being your medicine, and he came kind of across the cure for himself accidentally through the way he changed his diet and got rid of the skin disorder that he had. And then he started doing more research and teaching others to right. uh, heal themselves with the food that they eat. And food can be medicine, but our society does not teach us that. And I I've repeated this before, but you were doing it at one of your workshops, and you talked about a strawberry milkshake at a fast mm -hmm. food place, and there were no strawberries, mm -hmm. and there was no milk in it. And I'm totally grossed out when I see the ingredients on some of these things we actually put in our bodies. And if you can't pronounce over half of the chemicals that are put into the food, it probably doesn't belong in your body. Yeah, I mean, we look at just, let's look at America in general. Let's look at whether it's kids doing better in school whether it's more and more kids on depressed, on, on, on sit-still medication, whether it's our young adults with polycystic ovarian syndrome, 
as a society, we're not doing so well, and we're not reflecting the body that God gave us or the mission he gave us. And so is it in our trauma, the way we're sitting and things like that? Yes. Is it in our, our toxins because we're not eating, for the way, we're not moving like we're supposed to? Yes. Is it in our stinking thinking? All those things on a daily basis, 365 days a year, are the reason why we're in trouble. It's not a lack of medication. It's not a lack of anything else. It's that we're, we've, we're not giving our body what it needs to thrive, and that's why we're seeing everything we're seeing. If you want to go to Dr. Joe's event, 303-349-6011, 303-349-6011, and when, give us the it's details. It's February 24th at 10 a.m., Saturday, for, February 24th. And for our fun. listeners, how much is it? It's $1,000, but no. if you call today, no, it's free, no charge. It's free for you. We'll <laughs> be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So. Well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization and I find so much positivity and encouragement and I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Angie Austin here. Welcome back to the Good News. You may hear the Good News gals ask some questions of our next author. I just love to do this roundtable like we're all having coffee here. And uh, we have uh, author Stacy Voss here, her new book, Reflecting Easter, Living and Understanding the Resurrection. I keep mentioning Stacy's book. Uh, she's been joining me throughout the week because she's an author, speaker, and a friend. And uh, it's been a while since she's been here, so I want to mention her book before we start with our next author. Also, Monique Davis is here. And Michelle Betts. Michelle is in real estate with Porchlight. And Monique uh, is my friend who is in the hair industry. What's your website, Monique? It's allhair.net. And so what I'd like to do is just get my friends that I enjoy being around and I like their stories and they're real Christian women with real problems and we hope we bring some positivity into your day and some uh, sunshine, hopefully. And uh, <coughs> I have to say, you guys, you know, before working for NBC and living in L.A. for so long, and I used to work on the red carpet, and I worked for Extra, some of my most impressive stories are not, I would much rather interview you than the stars. Because, you know, when I've interviewed stars, it's pretty generic. We get to the real knit and grit, nitty gritty of life, and uh, that's what I like, that people can, I think, I hope, relate to us. Right. Yeah. All right, uh, the book is Minute by Minute, A Pivotal Question from God, My Response, and the Remarkable Miracles that Followed. Joanne Moody is the author, and she is joining us. Welcome, Joanne. Hi, Andy. Hello, everybody else. Thanks Hello. for having me. So tell us, uh, I see that you are a wife, a mom, and a licensed minister. So tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about your book, Minute by Minute. 
Um, the book is about my journey with the Lord over 14 and a half years of chronic nerve pain and uh, enduring 13 surgeries as well as a near-death experience and the ups and downs of, of that and uh, what happened in the end of that 14 and a half year period was an amazing moment um, that can only be described by everyone, including all my medical professionals, as miraculous intersection where God met me and completely delivered me, not only from 14 and a half years of debilitating pain, but also from all of the narcotic prescription pain medication that I had grown physiologically dependent on in a moment. Wow. Absolutely uh, the most, uh, even no matter how much I travel and how much I talk about it, it is still to me um, (laughs) mind-boggling. Now, when you speak, you know, I know you speak around the world, and Mm -hmm. when you... I want to hear a little bit. I love testimonies. I want to hear a little bit about your story. I mean, that many years of pain, I could imagine. When, yeah. I, I'm, I do some work with it, the Invisible Disabilities Organization. I've done several interviews oh, with people who wonderful. you can't see that they have a disability or that they're in yeah. pain. So everybody, I'm sure, was saying to you, well, you look fine to me or you look good. <laughs> and here you are. That but, was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. That was absolutely the worst type of, um, of deception. It was just horrible. I, I think people look at people and go, yeah, you're all right. So it's, so then the assumption is it's in your head, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is just, it's, it's a horrible thing. I think from medical professionals who didn't know what they were talking about in the early years to people in the church, um, that was probably one of the most agonizing things. How did this you know, start? You, What's your, what, what was your journey? Um, in 1999, um, I gave birth to my only child, and something went wrong in the labor process. My doctor was out of town, and I was left for 91 hours with a non-progressive labor. And the on-call doctor just never came, and they didn't understand what was happening until my son went into fetal distress. And then they did an emergency C-section in the 91th hour. He was a very, very huge baby, and his head pressed on the nerves in my pelvic canal, the pudendal nerves. And they didn't discover until nearly six years later that my nerves had been crushed at that time. And by that time, they'd already done uh, seven surgeries to remove all my female organs and, and all of that. So wait, after you had your child, you were in, like, unspeakable pain. Yes. Yeah, and nobody could figure that out. So the doctors began to blame strange things like endometriosis or saying I had a cyst or, you know, I had been a triathlete before my son was born, so I had never known debilitation. I was in prime shape when I had my son, so it was very strange. Um, But, you know, having never had a child before, I didn't understand anything, and having a C-section, nothing was normal to me. So you're going through surgery after surgery. You're trying to raise a mm-hmm. child. And oh, how, yeah. does, how did this affect your marriage and your child rearing? You know, I would have to say without God, we wouldn't be married. I mean, the, the, statistical, um, the statistics for pudendal nerve entrapment spouse is staying with their, with their significant other. Um, it's, it's up in the 80 percentiles of divorce rate. Because as you can imagine, if all that pain is in your pelvic region, it ruins your intimacy level. Uh, my husband and I um, just went through hell, and we decided we had to cleave to Jesus and keep on pressing in. And it didn't mean that we didn't have uh, horrendous upheaval in our marriage, but we kept coming back to the foundational truth that there's got to be more than this, you know? Um, 
it was a roller coaster ride, and we are happily married tomorrow, 20 years. <laughs> Amen. And we are making up for all that garbage. That <laughs> okay, we got a question for you, Monique Davis. First of all, Miss Joanne, I would like to thank you for sharing your testimony because I was tell- telling Miss Stacy Voss here, um, we were talking about her book. To mm-hmm. me, this is just. God giving me confirmation because I just shared with um, Angie and the rest of the girls last week that my word for the year is resurrection. Come on. And then with your book, it just kind of confirmed it today because um, my, you and my husband share the same testimony. He played in the NFL and he has had 10 surgeries um, oh, he's had goodness. a near-death experience, and the, it it has just been a journey um, mm-hmm. for us, and it it, it affects the, the entire family. But um, like you, I was just determined, and there, there came a point where he was so depressed, he wanted to push me away because he didn't mm-hmm. want me to see him going through you know that period that he was going through yeah. because he felt like in in his in his eyes he was my protector and he didn't mm-hmm. want me to have to have to take care of him but it it was definitely has been a journey and i was just reading the back of your book and it's just confirmation because that is that is the word god gave me resurrection and restoration 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 yeah. and yeah. it it just i i just thank you so much because it, it's like it's confirmation that because i told my husband you know you're not going to be dependent on opioids and that's right and god i, I know god is going to heal your body I well, know let's, he let's, how did you right. get to that yeah. healing i mean all these years i just even I'm sitting here thinking, trying to imagine that pain, because I sometimes have pain that wakes me up, but very mm-hmm. different from pain that you that does not stop for 14 years. Yeah. That is yeah. so it's... overwhelming that you're having surgery after surgery to try to get rid of it mm-hmm. and try to be a mom and raise this baby into a teenager. Yep. So then what happened? Yep. Well, it, you know, it's, it was such a journey of have having hope in the medical profession and then, you know, having a failure and up and down and up and down. And um, I think if I, certainly if not for God and not for his grace, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you and and getting up every day now and celebrating his goodness and going around and and encouraging people. But, you know, I had come to a very strange place in the 14 and a half years right before I was healed where I I began to accept, well, <clears throat> this must be my lot in life. It was, and it really, I believe, with every part of me, it's a lie that somehow to cope with the grief and the pain and the up and down and all of that, you sort of find a place within yourself. And I'm sure that Michelle could, could say the same about her husband, you know, trying to navigate that course. I just accepted that if God wanted to heal me, he could heal me, but because he didn't, it must be something that I was doing. Oh, like a guilt and or it's something. A very strange guilt. Oh, I've heard that thing. before. It's I've heard people rampant, say that God would help the them if they church. hadn't have done That's something, right. if they hadn't mm-hmm. have been this or if they hadn't have done that. It's rampant in the church. And, yeah. you know, it, it is a thing that the enemy uses called unworthiness. 
you know, Christ died. The atonement was paid for. We are all wretched creatures without Jesus. And he restored us to the fullness of our identity in Christ, which includes healing. And it's just not taught enough. I never heard that, you know? And so I began to believe this in about the 14th, maybe 13 and a half years into it. I finally said, well, God, you know, you encounter me. We have this great love affair early, early in the mornings. I can feel your presence. I love you. I love your word. I'm in there, but you're not healing me. So therefore, I must figure out a way in my mind to cope with this. And so around that time, I began to, ironically enough, research that there really was healing going on in the world. I just never saw it in the Christian church. And so I began reading all of these books by all these people that had done healing ministry, you know, from the 20s to the current day. And I was fascinated by the way they prayed and what they prayed and how they viewed Scripture and the atonement. And I I just, for a whole year, I studied that. And then one day in April of 2013, I had this strange encounter with the Lord in my prayer time. And I felt very much that he spoke to me and said, go to this conference. And I didn't even know what what he was talking about. He said, Voice of the Apostles. And I had to look it up online. And I Googled it, and I thought, well, what a weird thing. There is a voice of the apostles, and it's in Florida. And then I promptly said to the Lord, I can't travel. I'm not going to get in a plane and suffer. And I heard these words, and that's all I heard. Go, you'll be blessed. That's all I heard. And then I never heard anything more after that. And so it was up to me. So I called my best friend, and I said, Michelle, this strange thing happened to me, and she has a gift of faith like nobody I've ever met. And she says to me, great, you're going to get healed there. To which I replied, I doubt it, Michelle. Come on, Matt. Hundreds and hundreds of people have prayed for me. Nothing has happened in all these years, whatever. But I decided to go. I talked with my doctors. They gave me a letter how I could fly, take a bunch of pain meds. I got there, and I went through that conference, and I had encounter after encounter with the Lord, but I wasn't healed until two hours before the conference ended when a man came up to me and asked if he could pray for me. And by that time, I was in so much pain. I didn't want anybody else to pray for me. I didn't want to be disappointed again. I also just wanted to get out of there. I was just, you know, you reach a saturation point with pain where you just can't tolerate anymore. And I I couldn't take any more drugs. And so he said to me, no, God healed me. He healed my wife. He healed my son. And now he's going to heal you. And I thought, I don't know what this man is doing or talking about. But as he began to pray for me, he led me through all this emotional healing from all the trauma that I had endured and the near-death experience and all of the horrible, horrible pain and upset. Then he prayed through my spiritual deliverance, which I didn't even know was possible. And then in the end, when he was done with that, and I was just completely overtaken by the power of Jesus, he prayed for my pain to leave in the name of Jesus Christ, and it did. It was so shocking and so complete. He dealt with all of the ways that we, that I, that I am, that everybody is as a human being, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. No one had ever done that. And I have been pain-free since August 16th, 2013. (laughs) Yay, God! All I have to say. Stacey Voss. Go ahead, Stace. So first of all, I just want to thank you for sharing that because that is such an incredible story. But um, I have a question because I feel like most people don't share that experience um, with you. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of people, 
have dealt with pain, various levels. You know, I've never dealt with chronic pain or anything near what you've had. But I think especially mm-hmm. as women, sometimes we're like, oh, my hormones are out of whack today or I'm in pain. Right. Like, we're not nice people a lot of times when we're in pain. So right. yeah. I, what can you share? Like, how did you learn to not be a non-nice person throughout your 14 years of pain? That's a lot to you deal know, with and function. I don't think I was a nice person a lot of the time. Um, I think, you know, we're sort of living that aftermath even now with my son and his his uh he just turned 19 i think we're we're still navigating that we're actually in counseling to try and navigate some of those years i i think what i learned to do um is get up at four in the morning uh, not because that's some kind of badge of honor but because of my desperateness my desperateness to want to try to be loving and to try not to take anything out on people and i began getting up at four in the morning and about the fifth year of my trial of of this pain and and really laying on my face before the Lord and just trying to get in his word and and to understand who he is and who he said I was, even though I didn't feel like it. I I often uh, used that as as my very foundation to try and and be kind. I also learned not to live um, with the idea that the things that I could not do I had to train myself to stop saying, well, I can no longer do this, I can no longer do that, and stay in the moment and be present and be grateful. Um, gratitude is something I had to learn how to do, you know, to look at my son and his beautiful smile and his laughter and just enjoy being able to be with him. Um, you know, it was a, it really, truly, the reason why the book's called what it is, is is because of the words the Lord spoke to me in my near-death experience, but because living with chronic pain is a minute-by-minute thing. It controls every aspect of you if you let it, or you can choose joy as a weapon in the moment. And that's what I had to learn how to do. And I, I often failed, but I often was successful in all of that. So you said, I cho- you, said you chose joy in the moment? Yeah, I had to. And, it, you know, it wasn't a feeling, honestly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a feeling. It's a choice. I, I, I had to choose to be in that place. And when I chose that, often the feelings of joy would follow after I chose. But if I waited for the feelings of joy to just land on me, that didn't happen. You know, um, when you talk about choosing joy in the moment, we, we, we might not be in chronic pain, uh, you know, but we all have our moments where we feel like we're suffering and we can choose joy. Mm-hmm. And I think when mm-hmm. you say it's not a feeling, it's a choice, uh, that's mm-hmm. so important. You know, when I get up at 3 a.m., I always say, you know, Jesus, please help me get out of bed. And I try to see that yeah. opportunity to do my, my morning show as um, uh, a blessing, you know, an opportunity mm-hmm. to speak to other people and hopefully bring some, you know, light into their day. And then I have many guests yeah. that, you know, bless me by joining me and, you know, halfway into the show and I'm laughing hysterically with someone or telling some story that I hope makes a difference or makes people think. I think, you know, this is an opportunity and for some reason God's chosen me to do that opportunity by getting up at 3 a.m. But I think whatever our difficult moments are of the day, I think choosing joy can be so important. I'll never forget um, interviewing a woman from Rwanda who um, during the genocide there hid in a closet. Her entire family Mm. was killed because her dad was the leader of her um, uh, village. And uh, they came there to seek help from him. And he sent her off to a family friend. And they had... um, Women in this bathroom, I believe there were 16 of them, and they were piled on top of each other, and they stayed there for months. And when she left, 
she'd lost over half of her body weight from when she'd left college and come to see her dad oh during my this time. Goodness. She went to go see the men in prison that had killed her whole family and taken all their belongings. And she said she went there to forgive them. And she told yeah. me that she found moments of joy or peace or at least escape right. through her thoughts, her mind, her decisions, her faith. Because she That's prayed right. the entire time. She said she had from her rosary that she had little um, like ball kind of like almost holes in her fingers from praying the beads over and over again. And she said, Angie, if wow. I can forgive, anyone can. And so when That's I think right. about my little um, bumps in the road in life. I always think about her and her story. Uh, the minute, uh, minute by minute, is the book a pivotal question from God? My response, and there are remarkable miracles that followed. Joanne with two ends, Moody. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you so much, Angie. God bless you all. God bless you. We'll be right back. Go wild this spring break with the YMCA The Rockies. This year we've transformed the YMCA Estes Park Centre into an exotic jungle safari. Crikey! The jungle-themed spring break at the YMCA of The Rockies is jam-packed with fun family activities like safari hiking, where you get to identify local wildlife, special jungle crafts, exciting wild animal trivia, and so much more. Go wild activities are offered every day starting March 9th and continue through March 30th. The YMCA of the Rockies, we love to bring real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. And every season brings affordable, fun and excitement for the whole family. Go to ymcaoftherockies.org. Don't sit around the spring break doing nothing when this YMCA of the Rockies is like an exotic destination vacation right in your own backyard. Go wild! The YMCA of the Rockies. That's ymcaoftherockies.org. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and I am here with two of my besties here in the Denver Metro. Donna Hetzler, she's the the, the head chick of the Jericho the Girls. Head chick, huh? <laughs> and uh, I, I tell you, a bright and shining star in all our lives. Oh yes, Jennifer Bishop. Oh, thank you. You're just so precious. Thank you so much. And that we just want good. to talk to you today about what you're doing. We call, mm -hmm. we know you're active in a whole bunch of stuff. You know, God has me going all over the place. He does. He yes. does. And you know what? What a blessing it is to be able to to do what I want with who I want when I want and right. to help. That's good. Yeah. That's good right there. And because... just to be in the place when God says move or yes. speak or do something, you are so open to, okay, what is the Father up to? Right. Just reminds me of Jesus. He was always looking to see what the Father was up to. That's and right. you're 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 all about that. Mm -hmm. yeah, she is. She's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's a mother. Um, let me tell you, wife to an awesome dude. Don't tell him I said Shh. that because he will hold it over my head. <laughs> and even awesomer son, Christopher. And um, but you're an entrepreneur and that mm -hmm. speaks something in today's society. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So my company is called Living Your Potential. And I, I am so blessed and honored to help people be their best self, whether that is health and wellness, or if, if you know, entrepreneurship speaks to them, I, I can help them through my coaching skills, be the best version of themselves. Uh, we talk about, um, you know, the, the products, the health products are in the nutrigenomics field, which it's using natural compounds that, that God gave us to yes. make your body the best that it can be. And then if you see this vision of being able to help other people and it works, then we can go down that road as well. Amen. And you're all about helping other people. Mm, God put me on this earth <laughs> to help. That's I'm a servant. That if, if I'm not serving, I'm not doing it right. 
And I'm all about fun. Fun, fun, fun. Yes, and I love when we sat down and talked about this, mm -hmm. that um, you're just low-key. You're like, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, and how you coached me and encouraged me. I mean, you get the whole package deal yeah. when you sit down with Jennifer. It's it's really yeah. inspiring to see. I like that, the whole package deal. Yeah, you deal. get the whole yeah. package the deal. Whole package. <laughs> yes. You know, it may or may not be for people. And, mm -hmm. you know, with anything, just, just like... Um, the word of God. When I speak the word of God, some people it lands on them and they receive it. Right, right. And and the thing is, is it's all about them mm -hmm. and where they are in their world and their right. life. And so, if we speak truth, um, some people are not ready to hear truth yet. Mm -hmm. Yep. And some people are hungry for it. And that's the blessing of what I get to do every day, all day. Amen. Do you minister more to women or to men or, or just Ooh, both? Good question. You know, I think God puts more women in my life okay. for some reason. Uh, I, you know, I am a woman. <laughs> amen. amen. But not Stephen's that. glad about that. Yeah, yeah. amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that works really well. <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you about what you're doing and, and, you know, your mentoring and speaking? How do they get in touch with Absolutely. you? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook at the Jennifer Bishop. The, the oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Bishop. Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> or you can uh, go to my website, livingyourpotential.com. Amen. Living Thank your potential. You. And you know what? We all should be living our potential. Mm. Yes. Because God has put so much, he's invested so much in each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And so we owe him mm. that living our full potential. Yes. He's looking for us. And Jennifer Bishop, you are the epitome of living your potential. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. Thank and I just you. love you so much, I girl. Thank you. There's a lot of love in this room. Yes, We're feeling the love. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> hey, contact Jennifer today. The Jennifer Bishop. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.